Mormon Discussion Podcast is about helping Latter-day Saints like you lead with faith while tackling deeper, complex issues within Mormonism. All financial support goes directly towards keeping the podcast alive and supporting listeners like you. To support the podcast, please consider becoming a premium subscriber at mormondiscussionpodcast.org. Again, that's mormondiscussionpodcast, all one word, dot org. You can do this for as little as $1.50 a month or $12 a year. And this will also reward you by letting you listen to premium episodes like this one months before the general public has access. Thanks for listening. And now, on to what you've been waiting to hear. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Mormon Discussion Podcast. I'm your guest host, John Young. First, I'd like to thank Bill Real for this opportunity to contribute and tell a story of faith that I found inspirational. Today, I'm having a discussion with Russell McConkie. Russell is the author of a book titled Evolution Genesis. Russell's book harmonizes evolution of our solar system and life on Earth with the scriptural account found in the book of Genesis. Russell, I enjoyed reading your book. Uh, For me, the message seemed to point to an acceptance of both evolution and the scriptural account of the creation uh, as both different perspectives of the same truth. Is is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. It's an interesting journey that I've been on over the last, I don't know, ever since I've become an adult, I suppose. But uh, uh, I grew up with a, a, uh, I would say, pretty normal childhood in the church. I was born and raised in the church. Uh, I've been active my whole life. I served a mission in Central America. And uh, when I got home from my mission and I was at BYU, then uh, uh, I realized in some of my you know, introductory uh, physics classes and science classes and those sorts of things that the professors that I, that I had didn't necessarily speak to some of the things that I had grown up um, assuming or you know, some of the things that I had been taught all my life, things like that the earth was six or 7,000 years old, for example. My professors talked like much older than that. And uh, so I, didn't, I wasn't a science major in college. Um, I was actually a psychology and sociology major, so my, my study was in the soft sciences, as uh, some people put it. Um, but I love to learn. I love to study. I love to, you know, I'm just a, just a curious person, so I kind of filed these types of things that I was learning in my physics class, I filed them into my brain as things that I was going to learn after I graduated. You know, when I had a lot more mm-hmm. time to a lot more time to study, a lot more time to read things I actually wanted to learn rather than what they were telling me to learn. And uh, <clears throat> and then when I took another uh, science class with my younger brother Ellis, then uh, he was a lot more naturally scientific minded than I was, and that sparked my interest a lot more. Uh, so when I did graduate. Um, when I graduated, then I, I went back to a lot of the things that I was studying before, um, and I studied them a lot more in depth. And the history, the geological history of the Earth, was one of those main things that I that I was curious about. And I knew very little when I was in college, and I just studied and studied and studied, and uh, I loved the topic. And the more I read about it, the more I learn about it, the more it makes sense to me. But at the same time, the more I read about things of a spiritual nature, the more I study things from the church, the more they make sense to me. And I knew that there would be a line connecting the two because I believe that all truth is true. Mm -hmm. Um, And if I believe that one is true and the other is true, then there must be something 
that connects science, connects faith. And uh, so this is the way, in my own personal mind, this is the way that I, I connect the two. I don't believe that the argument should be which of the two is correct, um, because I believe that both of them are. Okay. Um, but didn't you ever feel, like, initially a feeling of fear or, I don't know, like, uh, this isn't what I'm taught, this might be evil? Did you ever feel that way? I did, actually, I did, because um, <clears throat> when I first started to dive into the scientific stuff, um, I started to dive into, you know, the science books and documentaries and all this type of stuff more than I was diving into what um, people in the church have said, you know, and mm-hmm. and then, but, uh, you know, it was, it was always bound to, you know, shift from one to the other. And so one day when I was, uh, I was actually at a thrift store, uh, I, I found a book, uh, Doctrines of Salvation, and I actually found a Spanish version, and, and that's by Joseph Fielding Smith, and my my mind went straight to the index. I found something relating to the topic of the creation and Adam and, and all those kinds of things. And Joseph Fielding Smith did not mince words when he talked on the subject. And he talked quite differently than what the science books were telling me. He said, you know, this is it. This is how it is. There was no death before the fall. The earth is this this many years old. Um, those types of things. And it, it did cause a turmoil inside of me because here I am, somebody that I knew, it was a little bit before my time, but I knew Joseph Smith, or Joseph Fielding Smith was uh, a prophet of the church, and here he's saying something that's contrary not only to what the science books are telling me, but in my mind, contrary to what my professors at BYU were teaching me, you know, and mm-hmm. so so I knew that there would need to be, you know, I needed to do a little bit more homework to, to figure out, you know, how can I reconcile these, these two different things in my mind, um, and, well, the first thing I did was I got my hands on an English version to see if, you know, because Spanish is my... Is, the same sense in English? Is Spanish is my second language, you know, and, and I wanted to see if I was uh, misunderstanding something. But, you know, when I read it in English, it was exactly the same as, you know. But, but then I came upon um, uh, an incident that happened in the church in the uh, earlier part of the 1900s. It is, uh, and and uh, keep in mind, this isn't too long after Charles Darwin published... Um, uh, an origin of the species, and and it, and it took a little while before it grabbed hold, but uh, it caused quite the stir in uh, the Quorum of the Twelve when they <clears throat> they had asked uh, B. H. Roberts, who was a, a general authority at the time, to create some manuals for the church. And one of the topics that B. H. Roberts touched um, in one of the manuals was um, was basically, you know. It just kind of went into depth of the or death before the fall just for a little bit, and and uh, and they were reading the manual uh, as a quorum so that they could approve it or disapprove, you know, certain things in the book. What did they want to change before they release it as church doctrine? And this was this became a hot topic uh, in the quorum of the twelve that some people were saying death occurred before Adam, and some were saying absolutely not. One of those that was saying absolutely not was Joseph Fielding Smith. Um, and then one of those that was on the side of B.H. Roberts is uh, was James E. Talmadge. You know, both of those names quite prominent in the uh, LDS world. Yeah, I think Talmadge, wasn't he a, he was a uh, he geologist? Was, he was. He was a geologist, okay. yeah. And so ge- uh, being a geologist, um, to him it made sense that, you know, the things that he had studied and the experience that he had, um, it made sense to him that the earth was older than 6,000 years. It made sense to him that there was death before the fall. He spoke specifically of finding fossils in the rocks that he had, you know, that he had worked with. And um, to him, the thing that made the most sense was that an earth older than 6,000 years. And so that was very liberating to me to to find that. Because first of all, it was, it was nice to know that uh, um, there were some people on my side, but it was also nice to know that... Uh, 
the church doesn't set anything as doctrine until they have direct revelation um, and or they feel um, solid in what they believe. And so since they, they did not come to a conclusion at that time as to where is the church going to take a stand on um, death before the fall or some things, you know, some tangents branching off of that at that time, they didn't, they didn't take a stand and, and, to, and they still haven't. Um, <clears throat> so it, it brought me a lot of comfort knowing that um, someone much smarter than me, like James E. Talmadge, believed the earth was older than 6,000 years, mm-hmm. while at the same time another person much smarter than me, like Joseph Fielding Smith, believed that it, you know, the opposite, you know. And so I know that there are some things that are revealed, um, some things that are not revealed. Um, this is one of those things that I chalk up to uh, in the category of mysteries of God, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that we are blessed when we search out the mysteries of God, whether, whether we come to a conclusion or whether we just spend time thinking about it. I think that we grow uh, as people, that we grow intellectually and spiritually when we ponder these things. And, uh, and in, in a case like this, um, the church has not taken an official stance still on uh, evolution, for example. Um, and so I take that as liberating to the point where I get to decide for myself what I believe. And someday my life will be over, I'll, I will die, I will pass to the other side of the veil, and, and I'll be able to just say, Hey, how did I do? How close did I come? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I, can, I can guarantee that you know I don't understand everything. But you know, yeah. I'm, I'm working. To, I'm always working toward greater understanding, greater understanding. And uh, when I get to the other side, I'll just see where I'm right and where I'm wrong, and and I'll be willing to accept where I'm wrong. Okay. So about the book. Now, when how did you first come up with the idea? And I guess when you came up with the idea that you were going to write this, I guess it was kind of a, from talking to you previously, I understand that there was something of a process and maybe you're sharing some thoughts with friends previously. Uh, explain how that went and what kind of response you got from people who were, I guess, looking at your work that was the prelude to your book. Right. It started out as, um, when I say years, I mean, I mean it, it actually did take me years. It wasn't something I studied every single day, but it was, but it was common for me. Um, when I go to the temple, uh, for a long time, I generally pick up either the Bible and go to the first chapter of Genesis, or I, or I pick up the Pearl of Great Price and I go to Abraham or Moses, uh, because I enjoy looking at the creation before I go into the endowment session, where we talk a lot about the creation. Um, and I like to, I don't know, just, just grow a little closer. That's one of my one of the parts of the endowment session that is uh, most special to me is, is that first bit where we talk about creation. Mm-hmm. So this journey started out as just for me. Um, it was just something that I studied myself. And I mentioned my younger brother, Ellis, that, that I took classes uh, at BYU with for. And it's funny, and I know uh, a lot of people would find this boring to talk to their brother about, but it seemed like whenever we would get together, he, I live in Idaho, he lives in, in Utah. Whenever we would get together, it seemed like every single time we talked about the topic, what have you learned, you know, or, or what have you heard, and uh, we talk about evolution, we talk about, uh, you know, geology and physics and all that boring stuff that people would call us nerds for, him. <laughs> you know, and uh, so it, it was kind of a thing that he was actually really the only one that I, I ever talked to once in a while, I'd talk to my wife about it, and she'd smile and nod as if she cared about physics, you know, yeah. <laughs> just, just, to, just to let me go, but um, so it was pretty much just between the two of us, and then one day my younger brother Ellis and my oldest brother Brian, uh, they were they were playing racquetball together, and they got talking about it, and um, uh, Brian does not think the same way that Ellis and I do. Um, and in fact, he said his words were something along the lines of, "If I didn't know who this stuff was coming from, I would have written it off." You know, because he knows that we that we both have strong testimonies of the gospel. He knows that uh, that we're <coughs> faithful members of the church. And so, but to him, 
the two science, evolution and faith, are not compatible. And so one day I was trying to explain it to him, and uh, just by nature, just by my personality, I said, you know what, I'm terrible at uh, explaining things uh, by mouth, but I'm, uh, I'm much more coherent if I write things down. That's, that's the way I do things, um, being a writer and everything. And so I said, let me... Uh, Give me a week or two. Let me let me write this whole thing out, and then I'll I'll send it to you and, and tell me what you think. And uh, he, like I said, he was one that believed. Uh, actually, he still believes. Present tense, <laughs> quite the opposite. He he does not think the Earth is older than six thousand years. You know that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he read it, he said that it was interesting. Um, that it was a unique perspective that he had not um, studied before. I think he really appreciated it. And and. Uh, while it didn't change his mind, I think it opened some doors into you know seeing seeing a different angle, a different perspective. And and uh, at this time, it was still just you know a word document you know printed out that I that I sent to him. So that got me curious because that was the first time I shared it with somebody that uh, I didn't you know other than my young brother Ellis, who I knew thought the same way as me. And so I wondered what other people would think about it. So I gave it to. A few people in my ward, and I was I was careful to give it to people that I knew knew I had a testimony. They wouldn't uh, just automatically just assume I was some crazy anti-faith type of person by by uh, saying that I believe in science or evolution. You know, so I, I gave it to a, a couple of people that I'm close to who I knew knew me. You know, and I said, just read this and let me know what you think. And I got a mixed response, but none of them were negative. Some of them came back. Saying absolutely, this this nails this is right along along with uh, what I believe. You know, and some people came back saying, "Interesting, you know, I'm I'm not sure that I subscribe to the same theories or thoughts as you, but it's interesting." And and uh, so from there, because I was getting a positive response, whether people thought the same way as me or not, then I decided to you know beef it up and uh, tell a little bit more, go a little bit more in depth, and and put it out there for you know for the world to see. I thought that. Basically, I thought I had something interesting to say, and when I think I have something interesting to say, then I want as many people to hear it as possible. So then I, um, using the connections that I have, then I put it into book format, and I put it out there. The book the book is specifically meant for regular people. Um, it's not written in a way that only people who really know science are going to understand it. It's not written in a way that people who are, only people who are super faithful are going to understand it. It's, it's meant to be anybody who's... <clears throat> Um, I don't pretty much just anybody I want anybody to be able to understand it even even some of the the deeper things in science that are that are hard to understand i I tried to boil them down to something that uh, you know even a junior high student would understand I like how you uh, related the formation of the planets from dust in space to dust bunnies <laughs> <laughs> right right it's like oh okay that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was actually a concept that was uh, that took me quite a while to understand and uh, it's called accretion but if I just say because of accretion um, uh-huh. then you know who's going to understand me but if I <laughs> if I use analogies that people do understand uh, you did it. a great job with your target audience I think <laughs> thank you yeah I I've uh, I've shared it with um, younger as well as older um, and I've gotten a good response from from both that that's exactly what I was shooting didn't want to be talking over people's heads yeah now you mentioned your friend who still believes in the 6,000 year mm-hmm. uh, age of the earth if there's dinosaur bones I guess they were just from previous earths that were uh, I guess used for other purposes and then put together for our earth Um how do you feel about his his differing opinion? Does, is that something that you would want to try to change, 
or something you're just pretty comfortable with. The person I was speaking of specifically just a second ago was my older brother, Brian. And uh, he's not the only one that subscribes to this because it's a very common um, way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and no, I, I'm, I'm not interested in changing his mind, really. This, I, I uh, look at this as a personal journey, not only for myself, but for everybody. And truth be told, um, I don't expect anybody to believe what I say because the truth has not been set forth uh, as official doctrine, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if somebody believes that the earth is 6,000 years or if somebody believes that the earth is 4.5 billion years old, it has zero bearing on the things that truly matter uh, in this existence. You know, the principles that truly matter are love for God, love for our neighbor, uh, service, growing intellectually, growing spiritually, growing in love, growing in, in all of those things. That's why we're here. We're not here to study geology. If, if it were an essential principle, then all of the people who died before <laughs> in a recent, recent history would have all been sunk because this is kind of a modern way of thinking, um, yeah. the things that we have discovered in science over the last you know, century and a half. Okay. Yeah, that's good. And I know there seems to be a lot of controversy out there. I think I should say contention instead. Uh, recently, he uh, had a gospel doctrine teacher uh, make a case that believing in the 6,000-year existence of the earth and no death before the fall, um, if you didn't believe in that and you taught differently, that that was, quote, antichrist. And I was in that class, and most other people in that class were just, you know, kind of shaking our heads, yeah. And you know, I eventually wrote a letter to him, just basically said, look, I think there's no conflict here, and I think what you're doing can be very dangerous and damage testimonies. So you need to be careful. And he responded pretty much like, you're not changing my mind on this, and you realize that, you know, what you're telling me about the age of the earth being that old and evolution, that stuff is just philosophies of men. Well, yeah, they are just philosophies of men. <laughs> you know, so we could totally agree on that. Uh, but what I didn't say to him was, is what the fossils that we read, those aren't fossils aren't philosophies of men, <laughs> you know? Right, right. The way they come through and the way we interpret them, just like, you know, the scripture is interpreted by by us individually as we seek guidance through the Spirit, and that brethren also help us uh, interpret scripture. But, uh, you know, my point to him was I don't like forcing other people's opinions because the way we look at the creation um, gives us an incredible sense of meaning and purpose that, you know, I enjoy knowing that... I'm not a cosmic cat. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. yeah, this, this has a purpose. This has a meaning. And that spurs me to, uh, to action uh, in life. And, but I guess what, this brings up a question that I'll ask to you. I guess it's one. I mean, do you agree with that outlook of mine? And I, I guess, um, two, how do you feel your understanding of uh, evolution in the age of the Earth has benefited your testimony? Well, first of all, uh, I actually... I actually like the term philosophies of men, even though most people, as soon as they hear the term philosophies of men, they assume that we're talking about something that is opposite of truth, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But I look at the term philosophies of men as a philosophy that men have come up with. And if (laughs) if it's something that has not been revealed truth, then anything else we believe is going to be philosophies of men. Yeah. So what you were describing, yes, is philosophies of men. My book... Genesis evolution is philosophies of men, or, mm-hmm. you know, a man, I guess. I'm, I'm just one person. <laughs> but, but your institute teacher also, what he was talking about, that is not revealed truth, the things that he was preaching or talking about as yeah. being revealed truth. And so that also is a philosophy of a man, you know. And so philosophies of men is not a bad thing. We are mm-hmm. all given brains. We are all given uh, a spirit. We are all given intelligence. And what we do with that or what we are to do with that is to, 
do our best to come to, you know, come to knowledge, come to learning. And a lot of that is going to be through philosophies because not everything is, is revealed. Now, one thing that uh, I have had to come to learn as an adult, the more I study, the more I learn that just because something was said by somebody that I love and respect um, does not make a doctrine. You know, that there are many things that have been spoken in the church. Say, for example, we were talking a minute ago about Joseph Fielding Smith. Um, Bruce R. McConkie is another one that has spoken very strongly against evolution. Um, I highly respect both of those men. But uh, it's interesting to note that a lot of people will hear only what they want to hear. They'll say, I heard Bruce McConkie say this in 1962, and so... Obviously, he wouldn't say it if it weren't true or if it weren't doctrine of the church. Um, but Bruce R. McConkie can be wrong, just mm-hmm. as I can be wrong. Um, the things that we can take to the bank are the things that the church has said, this is church doctrine. Um, things that you find on LDS.org, I feel like I can, um, or at least the things that they say, these are these are church doctrine, these are precepts of the church. So <clears throat> I enjoy philosophies of men specifically <laughs> because it gives me the liberty to use the tools that God gave me to discover for myself um, what I believe. And my testimony might be slightly different than the person sitting next to me in sacrament meeting. I'm not, I'm not talking about my wife. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm just, talking, I'm just talking. Okay. Maybe I'll say the person sitting in front of me or behind me. Um, okay. As for what it's done for me uh, and my testimony is that I believe uh, as it says in the Book of Mormon, that um, all things in nature didn't, you know, denote that there is a God. The more, yeah. the more I study sciences, the more I study um, the rigid truths that are unbending, you know, according to what scientists or men in the world will tell you. The more I study those things, the more I see that there is a connection between all truths, whether they be spiritual or physical, whether they be scientific or faith-based. Um, everything around me makes me appreciate God more the more I learn mm-hmm. about it. And so, and, that, and that's my own personal journey. I don't, like I said, I don't expect other people to believe the same as me, and I don't expect them to even be interested in the same things that I'm interested in. This just happens to be something that I'm very interested in. And uh, if somebody's not interested in geology or anthropology, then uh, it doesn't affect, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if my elder scorn president believes the same as me or not, because we are united in the things that truly matter. Mm-hmm. The- so am, am I correct to say that you, this is, had a testimony strengthening effect on you this way of looking at the book of genesis and the scientific interpretation of the of the earth and the physics of what's around us these two things that seem to clash with so many people putting these two things together in your mind in a way that's harmonious you know that has increased your testimony it has it has increased my testimony it and it continues to increase my testimony the, the more i learn about both you know i i continue um to study even, even though the book um, specifically uses Genesis chapter 1, I, I actually spend more time reading in Abraham. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the Abraham interpretation better. It actually fits the science even better than, yeah. than Genesis I does. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, the more, the more I learn about both sides, the closer I feel to God. That's, that's what's most important to me. If it didn't make me feel closer to God, then I would know that there was a problem somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. and... Uh, I understand that some, you know, some people it doesn't make them feel closer to God, and and, uh, and that's for them, I suppose. But <laughs> I, I don't judge them, and and I ask them not to judge me. It does make me feel closer to God. Yeah, no, I think that's important. I, you know, I honestly, you know, if someone's faith is extremely important to them, and the way they understand the creation, you know, if it's if what I might consider the simple version from the scriptures. 
you know, it's easy for them to imagine. You know, you don't have to stretch your brain over some scientific concepts, and for some people they don't need, you know, they, if you start throwing in these complexities and difficulties, it, it can, for some people, maybe perhaps take away from the experience of religion. So, you know, I think it'd be extremely wrong to go around and try to debunk the myths in people's heads, you know, and say, you're so wrong, you're so wrong, and, but at the same time, you know, I don't want them doing that, you know, to, to us, so to speak, you know, however you view uh, the technicalities of what occurred in the creation, I, you know, the ultimate importance is that you feel loved by God and that you know that you have a purpose. And that purpose is not just to, to be an accident, to be ignored. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I like that you appear to feel the same way about, you know, this. You know, this isn't something that you want to show off to people in a sense that uh, to try to change minds, but then you don't want people necessarily, when they run into it, to feel like there's you know, this right. conflict. Well, it's funny one uh, it's funny that you say that. One of the uh, feedbacks that I've got on Amazon, um, by the way, I do read everyone. <laughs> positive, okay, positive or negative, I read everyone. Um, one of the feedbacks I got from somebody was basically, I read the book and now I have more questions than I started with. <laughs> and he left that as kind of a negative one. Um, but that, yeah. <laughs> but to tell you the honest truth, that's, that's one of the things that, uh, that I'm hoping for is I want to spark questions in people's minds. Um, I don't want to tell you what to think. I, I, and most importantly, I, I just want people to be open-minded. You know, it, this book is my way of saying be open-minded, even if you've been taught traditionally something all of your life. Be open-minded to considering um, different angles at things. You know, because mm-hmm. that because that's the journey that I went on. And as we talked before about you know the the story behind the story of when I wrote this book, uh, it kind of began uh, in a, in a way directing it toward somebody that I knew believed the earth was 6,000 years old. So it was, it's basically me saying, be open-minded. You don't have to believe that the earth is 6,000 years old if you, choose, if you choose not to, because I don't. This is, this is why, you know. And so, so it's meant to open doors in the mind. It's meant to, it's meant to create questions. And more importantly, it's meant to, it's meant to, uh, hopefully put people into the same position that I'm in of where they're curious about learning more so that they will seek more knowledge. There's a lot of people out there who are smarter than me, uh, both in the gospel and in in the science world. You know, I I think it's a good thing to seek them out. This book is not the end-all truth of everything. You know, how could I? It's only, it's the kind of book you're meant to be able to read in one sitting. It's only 50 pages. (laughs) Yes, I did read it in one sitting. (laughs) Enjoyed it. Um, (laughs) Just one more, well... This perception that there's this disagreement uh, between religion and science, I, I think it, even today we still see situations where we perceive conflict. And for instance, one thing that I perceive conflict in is, you know, maybe Adam. So we know Adam was the first man. Um, but if you believe that Adam was created through a process of evolution, um, it may be true that there is one person that is considered the first man, but that doesn't necessarily... Um, Explain this. But yet this first man had a father that wasn't heavenly father in a sense. that He had an earthly father. Even if that person wasn't considered human, he was pretty darn close to being human. And so I wonder why is that, you know, if that's how it happened. You know, some hominid had a son that turned out to be Adam, the first human, with only just a slight genetic difference between the two. You know, what does that say about oh, so many things? <laughs> like, it's, I'm coming up with questions here, but, uh, you know, that doesn't seem to jive well. Why would God leave that out? How come he wouldn't tell us? And so I see that there's, at least for me, there's this cognitive dissonance. I mean, I, I guess I can still make room for it, but it's hard to imagine that that is left out somehow. Right. This is the point where, 
<clears throat> where I enjoy, I've, I've actually run through a few different theories in my head, like like we were talking before about philosophies of men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, I enjoy philosophies of men because I feel free to explore my own mind. Um, this is far from being doctrine of the church. This is strictly only my own personal opinion. This is not even in the book. But my personal opinion is kind of pretty much what you were saying. I believe that uh, mankind was the pinnacle of creation, mm-hmm. um, that through evolution, God created man. There's very little that Genesis actually says about that period of time right there. Um, my personal belief, again, not doctrine of the church, just according to Russell McConkie, but I personally believe that uh, Adam was not the first homo sapien, but he, mm-hmm. was, but he was the first man. I personally am what God has, has created. He put my spirit into my body. My body being homo sapien, my spirit being, and so that that makes me who I am. I believe that Adam was born on this earth to a homo sapien father and mother, and that God put a man spirit, and that being the big difference between his physical father and mother, to Adam. One thing that uh, it does say in in both the Bible and in the Pearl of Great Price is, uh, if you if you if you read it carefully, you realize that Adam was created outside of the Garden of Eden, and then he was introduced into the Garden. And I believe that that's where um, the big process difference took place, is that first God placed the spirit in the body that was chosen to first, and then he walked and talked with God in the Garden of Eden, elevating himself from, you know, the history of, of uh, Homo sapiens before into, you know, just kind of suddenly, um, and we don't know how, how long it took or how fast or whatever, but I believe that that's where the transition took place to the real pinnacle of creation being Adam, the first man. So, and and like I said, um, that's not doctrine of the church. No, it that's sounds just, plausible. That, that's my that's <laughs> philosophy of just this man. And, the <laughs> well, and you know, I think although I think your uh, idea sounds like I said plausible, I think I, I couldn't disagree with it and disprove <laughs> it. Uh, we probably would find out that it's. Not quite exactly <laughs> what you that's said. That's what I expect. That's yeah, what... <laughs> I mean, that's what I expect, too. I come up with my ideas. If I understand they're my ideas and that my ideas don't aren't true because, you know, I try not to be narcissistic here and think right. that what makes sense to me is must be gospel because right. it makes sense. <laughs> and I felt good inside when I thought it. So <laughs> it must be the Spirit. Not necessarily, but I think the Spirit does ask us to kind of ponder about things, even if some of the connections we make are close but not perfect. Right, and we're not we're not asked to know the mysteries of God, but we are asked to think about them, you know. Um, it says that if you if you uh, do a search in the Book of Mormon for just the term mysteries of God, it's, I think probably six or seven times in there it mentions that we should seek mysteries. That's that's kind of one of the things that I cherish in my testimony, the ability to do such okay. And I enjoy doing it. <laughs> call it a hobby, call it spiritual progression, whatever you want to call it, I just, I just, I just uh, enjoy doing it. <laughs> it. Sounds like it's a laudable... Uh, you know, today today is Fast Sunday, and so I would like to ask you, um, do you have a testimony, and can you share it? Oh, actually, I very much appreciate you asking that. I didn't know you were going to ask that, but I have a testimony that Jesus is the Christ. God is the Father of all of us. I have a testimony that this church is the church that God put on this earth so that not only we have a place to go for seeking righteousness, but even more importantly, we have a place that we can go to do it together. I have a testimony that the Book of Mormon is the Word of God. I have a testimony that this earth where we have been placed is the perfect plan to not only bring us light, but to bring us salvation, to provide a way that not only can we return back to the presence of our Heavenly Father, but we can learn to be like Him in order to receive eternal life, or as I like to give it, eternal happiness. This whole plan of happiness is all for giving us liberty in our minds and in our hearts and our souls. This whole plan is to 
meant to bring us closer to God by helping us to learn how to seek light and truth. I believe that that is the purpose of this life, to learn how to seek light. And I am grateful for all of the things that teach me those things. I have a testimony that this church um, has a prophet at the head, a testimony that Joseph Smith was called of God to lead this church, to be prophet in this dispensation, and that the things that he revealed to our church have been correct principles that God needed us to understand. And I also believe that, um, as we learn in Second Nephi, that we are to learn line upon line, precept upon precept. And that is both as individuals, that we have our knowledge and we are commanded and encouraged to keep learning and keep learning, but also uh, the church as a whole, people on the earth as a whole, that together we work together to grow line upon line, precept. And we have a long ways to go, for we are like our Heavenly Father, but that is our goal. I believe that it is, it is attainable only through the plan that God has sent. Amen. Thank you very much, uh, Russell McConkie, and appreciate your allowing me the time to talk to you tonight about your book, Genesis Evolution. Yes, thank you very much. This morning, as the birds tried out their wings, somewhere quiet mortal Adam slept until he heard them sing. Breath of dust and he's awaking, gazing up to heaven's home. Now with Eve this garden Eden is the place they call their own. They awoke in the garden and the leaves were wet with dew. What they knew had changed forever in the garden where they grew. In the prime of Earth's meridian, on a night so clear and deep, bowed our Savior meekly suffering while disciples lay asleep. Abba, Father, take this cup, please. Still submissive was his plea. Paid our ransom in the garden, garden of Gethsemane. They awoke in the garden, and the leaves were wet with blood. What they knew had changed forever, Lamb of God now understood. In the tide of earthly morning, as the earthquakes rent the ground, Mary knelt in solemn sorrow, for her Lord nowhere was found. Oh, familiar was the voice then, breaking through death's awful gloom. And he stood there resurrected, Easter morning garden tomb. He awoke in the garden, and the leaves were wet with tears. What we know has changed forever, for with him we will be heirs. But a darkness closed the lights fall, and a famine 
time was 1820. Morning breaks in light above. Joseph's humble prayer was answered in Palmyra's sacred grove. The world awoke in the garden and the leaves were turning green. What we know has changed forever and the powers of heaven seen. In the twilight of earth's history, at the dawning of the day, we are called to gather Israel till the line with lamb shall lay. Hush the world and still the sobbings, let the earth receive her king. For that day we have been promised, with the angels we will sing. We'll awake in the garden when the leaves are wet with rain. Sorry. <laughs> ah, no! Sorry, if you want to like, pick up maybe like one line before that. Okay. Okay. Let's just do a we awoke. We'll awoke. Oh, sorry. Should, uh, okay. We'll awake. We'll awake. We'll awake in the garden when the leaves are wet with rain. There on Adam on Diamond when the Savior comes again. Whew, that is nerve-wracking. <laughs> now, the second time around, you can't clear your throat. Hey, but I need some water. Hey, <laughs> get, get him some water and some chocolate chip cookies. 